Hey, TABC family, welcome back to the podcast. We're glad to have you with us as we seek to go deeper into Sunday's teaching and ask the questions that will help us live out God's word in our daily lives. That's why we do this podcast, to equip the followers of Jesus here at 12th to grow in obedience and affection for him every day. Our hope is that at 12th, we would be a biblical community of kingdom people who are joining God in the restoration of all things, one person, one place at a time. And our desire is that our time together today equips you to do just that. Thanks for being with us. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. It is Jordan, and I'm in the podcast studio with a special guest as Garen is away in Colorado for a break. I've got Dr. Scott Waters with us here, uh, more affectionately known as Doc around TBC. And so he and his wife, Kathy, have been longtime Twelvers and Doc serves on the deacon board right now. And so Doc, welcome. We're so glad to have you today. Thank you, Jordan. Really appreciate the opportunity to visit with you and uh, look forward to what comes to mind as we share. Doc is well-known around church. One, because like we said, you guys have been here for a while, but also, Doc, one thing that I just so appreciate about you, and I think anybody who knows you would say the same as you really, and you're too humble to accept this, I know, but you really exemplify Jesus in a way that I think few people do. I see you, even though you are this esteemed community member and you're well-educated and you've got it going on, man, you just take whatever role comes your way. I've seen you cook in the kitchen. I've seen you uh, um, burp babies in the nursery. I've seen you do it all. And so, Doc, I just really appreciate that servant heart, and it challenges me to be a servant too. So I wanted to tell you that. Jordan, you're you're too kind. Uh, We're all on a journey. I've been on the journey for a long time. And um, I think like Garen has said, it's couple steps forward and one back and kind of stumbling forward trying to trying to keep my eyes on Jesus so if you are seeing something uh, I, I appreciate the feedback and uh, so thank you for your kind words you're welcome doc I think another thing that I appreciate about you is your devotion to discipling. I know there's a number of young people in our church who meet with you regularly and just so value their time with you. And so, um, man, if, if we could be as passionate about discipling the younger generation, if we could all kind of catch some of that from you, I think not just 12 to be a better place, but that's what this Jesus movement is about is taking somebody by the hand who's a few steps behind and walking with them and you get it. And that's awesome. You know, it's it's a real privilege, Jordan, and I I tell people I'm retired now. I've got lots of time, but meeting with young guys is what gets me up in the morning. Um, you know, I could probably sleep till ten, drink a lot of coffee, and not be very productive. But uh, the opportunity to walk alongside some young guys really does energize me. Uh, it's what gets me up in the morning. And, um, yeah, so it's a real, it's a blessing for me. I, I take as much from those young guys, their zeal and their energy, um, as I think I'm able to give them. And, you know, 
honestly, Jordan, uh, I've walked with the Lord for a number of years, but I've had my stumbles. Uh, and I can, I can easily say to those guys, let me tell you about the times I've failed. Um, and I try to be transparent with them. And I think that makes me approachable. Um, I don't, I've not gotten it right a lot of the time, and um, and I, I share that with them, and so, you know, that's what it's about, um, trying to sharpen each other. And, yeah. yeah, I think there's only one guy who ever got it right all the time. The rest of us, like you said, are stumbling. But that's what good leaders do. They allow a select few in, and they they show their weakness and they show their vulnerability, so that we can all be reminded that we are moving together towards yeah. this thing and no one is above anybody else on it. Nobody's up on a pedestal. So yeah. just appreciate that, that humble leadership yeah. you give doc. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's transition into what Corey brought to us. Dr. Corey Schleet from Christ First Counseling based out of Topeka. He was nice enough to come teach us yesterday and he spoke on Psalm 18. And uh, doc, what have you thought of just the Psalms series we're going through right now? It's kind of something that we don't maybe teach through often, but it's this unique time in the summer where we can jump in. So what have you thought of it? I've enjoyed it. Uh, I, I think back to uh, Garen's introduction, the different types of Psalms, and I don't know that I had ever heard that, uh, the, the various categories. And that was very helpful for me. Um, to, to just understand a little bit about what is going on in the Psalms. And I've enjoyed it. I, I have really uh, enjoyed both summers. Um, some time That's right, because this is summer part two, isn't yeah. it? So. Yeah, yeah. I, a couple of books I would recommend. Um, one by Dane Ortland. And I'm uh, drawing a blank on the title, but he essentially goes through the Psalms, uh, one Psalm a day, um, a brief narrative, his thoughts about it. I finished that probably a month ago and, uh, then started through, uh, the Psalms devotional by Timothy Keller and his wife, Kathy. And, um, so that devotional has also been very beneficial. Uh, really would highly recommend it as well as a devotional tool. That's good. Man, between Garen giving us book recommendations and you, Doc, I'm not sure we're ever going to have any downtime. You guys are, are good readers, and I love when you recommend books because the ones you give us, at least in my case, um, have really enjoyed them. And I'm not a natural reader either. I don't know how, about you, but I'm not somebody who loves to just sit down with a book. But when it's really good and it's good for me, I can, I can get into yeah. it. I have always loved to read, always felt it very important in my walk with the Lord. Um, I'll admit, I read incredibly slowly. Um, mm. A book that'll take me three weeks, uh, my wife Kathy can read in three days. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, and I just work my way through it. And uh, Yeah. But, yeah, I, in fact, with the guys I meet with, uh, I think every one of them, we're going through a book together, uh, a book that Jason Hubner has recommended or uh, Garen 
Um, you recommended the one that Landon Doty and I are, are uh, using. So just a, a good tool, good uh, conversation starter. And um, so, yeah, I would, I would encourage anybody in our church family, um, find good, find good literature. Find good stuff to read. Yep. And find, find time to do it. Garen even kind of pushed us. It might've been back on Father's Day. I don't remember when, but were you here for that Sunday there? He was talking about some parenting book mm-hmm. that was really good. And he, he kind of, Garen doesn't do this too often, but he kind of like put his foot down and he said, I know some of us aren't readers in here, but this is too important to just not be a reader. Yeah. That at some point we've got to just say, I'm going to grind through this because it's too important not to know. And uh, so, yeah, sometimes there is just some important stuff out there that we need to soak up. Yeah. And so you've got to, got to get through it, yep. whether yeah. it's natural yeah. for you or not. Yeah, absolutely. So Corey Schley, we keep getting sidetracked, but we're going to get through it eventually. This yeah. is going to be a three hour episode. I'm um, good. So hope you got nothing I'm, going on. I'm doc. retired. I've got all kinds of time. <laughs> you took us through Psalm 18, which just revealed the depth of God's love for us. Um, talked about David crying out to God. That was verses one through six. And then moves on seven to 19, God's deliverance, right? His response to David's cry. Um, and then we kind of, we settled down and he showed us this on screen, this little section in there, 16 through 19, in which it really lays out God rescuing us, right? God coming to our aid, rescuing us from from our enemies. He talks about God drawing us out into open spaces, which Mm. was cool. I had never read that slowly enough to kind of think about that, but just the freedom of maybe being enclosed upon and then God brings us out into like this open area and it's like, I can breathe again. That was really neat. Um, Talking about in that same little section that God delights in us, and I kind of wanted to sit on that for a second with you, Doc, because I don't think we talk a lot about God delighting in us. And it's not that, you know, we're so great or we're at the center of our faith. We're not humanists. It's not about us. But there is an element of this where he is our father, our creator. He wants to know us. And he doesn't just like love us. He really likes us. And that word delight means to look at and um, want to know more. It's like when you're watching a friend or your your spouse and it's like you're just, everything they do, you love watching them. Mm-hmm. And that's how God sees us. And I just think that's so cool. And I don't really view him in that light a lot. I don't know. Is that something that you've, is natural for you or have you kind of come to an understanding of that as well? Oh, I, I agree. Absolutely. I think, and, you know, Jordan, honestly, sadly, I think the majority of us uh, don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I have had enough, I guess, failings in my own life that, uh, I kind of, my default is, oh, I've blown it again. Uh, I'm sure he's, he's across the room, arms folded, tapping his foot. Yeah. And so verse 19, I believe it was, uh, the idea that God delights in us. Uh, I need to hear that, uh, regularly. And, uh, it's it's not part of my DNA uh, to think that God is it delights in me, that he sings over me, that uh, I'm the apple of his eye. I think it, it speaks of in scripture. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's self-talk yeah. that I need to uh, invest in every day. I think it's an incorrect but an extremely common view that we do think that God's natural switch is set to like annoyed or angry or you owe me. 
But yeah. the reality is that scripture doesn't reflect that at all, yeah. right? That he's a loving father who just wants us to yeah. lean in. Yeah. And so often we're the ones putting up the obstacles to him, not mm-hmm. the other way around. And that mm-hmm. he does really delight in us. Yeah. Like you've had young kids. I have young kids right now. You could just sit and watch them mm-hmm. and everything they do, even when they mess up or do something dumb, you just, yeah. you know, it's fun to just watch them and yeah. just, and I just think that's how God is with us. Even in our failings, he just desires closeness with us. Yes. And it's this intimacy that we can't really fathom a lot of the time. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, that uh, it, it's something we need to embrace. We need to constantly speak to each other. Because if we don't have a healthy view of God's delighting in us, what, what kind of a faith will we have? I mean, maybe we have a faith where we feel like we can't achieve intimacy with him. Yeah. Because who wants to be close to somebody who thinks they're always annoyed with them, right? Yeah. Or maybe even trying to earn it in some way. Yeah. What pops into my mind is it becomes a performance yeah, system. Right. If I perform today, uh, God will be pleased with me. Trying to earn the smile of God, as exactly. Darren says sometimes, exactly. yeah. Which is yeah. not a good, not a healthy place to be. No, no. It's so... And it's uh, unachievable. No. You'll never yeah. reach it. Well, and it's it's... Self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. It, it's my my performance, yeah. my system right. of earning righteousness. And that's, you know, on, on my worst day, on your worst day, in your worst moment, God doesn't change. His delight in us does not change. If anything, he longs for us to come to him, yeah. uh, longs for us to to come into his embrace, not uh, retreat from him and cower. Um, you know, my my mindset is, oh, dang, I've I've blown it again. I'm sure he's upset with me. But Scripture says the opposite. Yeah, that at our worst, uh, when we when we see our own depravity and sinfulness, he he invites us to come to him. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to hard to get in that mindset. It's hard to get in that mindset, but the alternative is that we live a life where either A, we're trying to earn the smile of God, which we'll never feel like we can do, or B, we're just trying to earn someone else's smile or earn maybe our own self-justification of I'm good enough now. Yeah. I just saw, I think it was just a trailer because I don't think it's been released yet, but I think Netflix is coming out with a documentary on Johnny Menzel. And... Um, which was this really great collegiate quarterback and kind of struggled to the NFL. Anyways, he's this really dynamic guy, really big personality. And the part of the trailer that I saw, he was just talking about the extreme fame that he had achieved at age 19 and people were buying him stuff and he got the girls and he had the money and the endorsements and blah, blah, blah. And he had this really great line in the trailer where he said, I had literally everything and more I could have ever imagined. And I had never felt emptier in my entire life. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And that's just, as a human condition. Yes. We're always chasing something. We're like a dog chasing a car and we'll never get to it ever. Yeah. And even in the Christian sense of trying to chase the smile of God, it's so dangerous because we'll never get there. So mm-hmm. this idea that God delights in me, the sooner we embrace that and live out of that and not for that is, you know, the sooner we can do that, the better, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. Corey took us to uh, a little bit further. He, we didn't cover all of Psalm 18, but kind of the next section was where he kind of left off. But 20 through 24, talking about our identity as God's children and just this idea that um, we can be satisfied in his plan. I think that was verses 21 and 22. 
mm-hmm. just this idea that we have a good father. He has something good for us and that we can be satisfied in him. And we don't have to go create our own goodness or, or manufacture like with Manziel, right? We don't have to go manufacture our own happiness, but that if we will rest in his delight for us and his plan for us, that, uh, that that's where the good life is found, that that's where abiding in him really mm-hmm. starts to feel sweet. Yeah. So has, has it ever been a struggle for you, Doc, this, this um, tension between like, you know, going out, you're obviously very accomplished and you've done a lot in your life, but then that's weighed in this tension of like, you know, just resting in God and being content in him. For somebody who has a lot going for them, has the degree, has kind of the notoriety to some level, whatever that looks like for somebody in our community, how do you, how do you balance that with, you know, I'm a go-getter, I'm ambitious, but I'm also going to be really um, content with who I am in Jesus and his plan for me. How do we balance those things out? Because it seems like it'd be hard to, to chase both those things. What comes back to my mind is uh, Garen's teaching series on identity uh, and finding our rest in who we are in Jesus mm-hmm. and not trying to find identity in something else. You know, you refer to Johnny Manziel. Um, I think back to Tom Brady. I think most people probably know Tom Brady, even if they're not a sports fan, know <laughs> nothing about pro football. You've probably heard his, his name in some context, uh, married to the supermodel, um, you know, several Super Bowl rings. Um, I, I oftentimes, when I'm talking to young people, go back to an interview that he did on 60 Minutes. And the interviewer said, Tom, you've just won Super Bowl number five, whatever it was. You've just signed uh, the most lucrative NFL contract. You're married to the supermodel, Giselle. What else is there? You've got it all. You've done it all. And I will never forget, and I would encourage people, pull up on YouTube, Tom Brady, 60 Minutes interview. He gets the most puzzled look on his face, (laughs) and he says, there's got to be more. There has to be more to life. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Wow, you want a, an example yeah. of trying to live apart mm-hmm. from a relationship with God, trying to live apart from resting, as you said, in Him, and just being content as a child of God. Um, no accolades, no performing, no you know endorsement. Uh, just resting in who we are in Jesus. Yeah. Same, same idea. Everybody's got something on the throne of their heart, right? Exactly. And so what is that going to be for you? If it's yes. anything other than Jesus, yeah. it's going to come up short and you're going to have that same puzzled look at some point of, yes. you know, what else is there's there? Got, there's got to be more. Yeah. 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 <sighs> you got to feel the same way, Doc. You're kind of the Tom Brady of, of Emporia. So <laughs> I'm just glad you found Jesus though. Sure. and that's really what david is talking about there in that in that little part of scripture that his strength his value is found in god 
right? Culture would tell you it's money, it's job, it's image, that those things equate with value. But David knew that it was his value to his father that really mattered. Yes. And David's this guy who really lived an up and down life. Oh my gosh. Both yes. because of poor decisions he made and just things that happened to him. I mean, yeah. his life was a roller coaster. Yeah. So if he wasn't somebody who was rooted in his identity in the father, mm-hmm. and you can only imagine where he would have gone because he had so many highs and so many lows. Yeah. 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 He's, David is an interesting figure, biblical figure. I mean, he had some incredible uh, train wrecks yeah. in his life. Uh, but, you know, as said to have had a heart after God. Yeah, the only one who that was said of, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, Jordan, if I could jump ahead to uh, the brief discussion about Hannah. Yeah, please do. From uh, 1 Samuel, uh, something that Corey said, I think it was in that part of his teaching that two two cru- two issues are crucial okay our understanding of who god is mm-hmm. and our understanding of who we are yeah that was a quote is by that, by dallas willard yes and, and the quote yeah. is that all our problems come down to either a wrong narrative about who god is or a wrong narrative about who we are in relationship to god yes is that what you're referencing yes now? yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that really jumped out at me. Yeah, me too. And, um, you know, I uh, say this with humility. When I am having my morning time with the Lord, I oftentimes pray, help me have a true picture and understanding of who you are and a true understanding of who I am. And uh, just calling out and asking God to correct the false narratives I have, uh, where I where I don't understand that He delights in me. Yeah, where I'm carrying around this uh, idea that I have to perform, right? Whatever it might be. Talking about false narratives, man, I think that's one of the reasons that church is so important because so often I can get in this echo chamber of my own mind. Right. Of like thinking that this false narrative is actually true, whatever it is. And I need those people that I'm in community with to just say, hey, you know, this is what scripture says or, you know, lovingly kind of bump me back onto the right path and just say, no, that's, you know, you know, that's not right. Or Yes. Yeah. And if we're not in community, then those things aren't happening. Oh, uh, yeah. That's such a good point, Jordan. Uh, You know, my wife, Kathy, is so helpful in that regard for me. You know, I'll get going on some some rabbit trail, and she will oftentimes say, Scott, I think that's the enemy. That's not the voice of Hmm. your father that delights in you. Mm -hmm. If you're hearing accusations Mm. and, uh, you know, feeling condemned, that's not the voice of your father. Right. And, uh, you know, so a spouse, uh, somebody that you're in a, a discipling relationship or, a, you know, not even one discipling the other, just a, a relationship where you're trying to encourage and sharpen each other. Right. That's so important. Yeah. 
because um, like you said, the echo chamber, uh, we, we can so easily distort things. Mm-hmm. And we really need each other to say, no, 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 that's, that's not in God's word. Right. That's the voice of the accuser. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I'm hesitant to, to give the idea that the devil is behind around every corner. But I think we're, we're kidding ourselves if we don't realize how much he's feeding garbage to us. Yep, I mean, absolutely. it says 24-7 he is accusing right. the saints. Yeah. And uh, so we need each other to correct that faulty thinking that yeah. we engage in. Totally agree, Doc. So just like that Willard quote kind of jumped out to you, the thing that really stood out to me was about the karyotides. Remember how he talked about that? Yes. The karyotides in Greece. And um, I was not aware of these things. I was actually Googling it while he was teaching on it. Those are, Google says, they're only seven and a half feet tall. Those things looked about 50 feet tall. Oh my gosh. I would have guessed. So either that picture was taken from a really weird angle or there's more than one set of karyotides because seven and a half feet tall is what the internet said. Huh. So I couldn't believe that. Fascinating. But anyways, regardless, it was really cool. And the imagery of it was really neat, um, especially the fallen karyotide. Remember that? Yes. That was so powerful. That This wow. one that's fallen and it's holding this weight and it's actually crushing them and becoming a part of them. Mm-hmm. And so often we're sitting there saying, God, why won't you take this from me? Or, you know, we see our brother or sister like that and we want to go take it from them. But the mm-hmm. truth is we have no ability to do that, you know? Doc, if you were dealing with some really painful loss or you were mourning something or there was something deep and personal to you that you're working through, I myself, I'm not special enough to have any kind of ability to take that from you. Mm -hmm. Um, My hope is that I could walk with you through it and that we could um, talk talk about it and ask Jesus, ask the Holy Spirit to remove it from you or pray for your healing in that way. And maybe I could play some small role, but I think our our natural inclination so much as we see someone hurting that we care about, we want to go take it right away from them. And we're frustrated when we can't do that. Yeah. But the truth is that we we weren't made to do that and we really can't do that. Right. Right. Which is hard. And he even said something about like, sometimes because we know we can't remove it, we avoid those things, right? Mm -hmm. Like we see somebody hurting that we care about and we might, you know, not send the text or we might not say hi or we might not stop by their house because we don't want to get engaged in it. It's messy. We're not sure what we could even do. Yeah. And I think sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to be able to solve everything when a lot of times people who are carrying a heavy weight and feeling crushed just need somebody to walk with them. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of times it's just being present. Yeah. Um, maybe not saying a word. Mm-hmm. Just being there, uh, you know. I had an incident oh, within the last year where it was the loss uh, of a loved one, uh, a loss of a, a college student, and um, I was I was with another individual, and we were praying together, and I choked up. I mean, it, it became overwhelming, and that individual reached out and put his hand on my hand, didn't say a word, just that physical touch was powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it 
changed, it really changed my whole view of that person. Mm. Um, I just thought, this, this is a real friend. Mm -hmm. This is a real person who's with me in this. Yeah. Just by a touch. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really amazing. And God offers us the same thing. I think Corey said it well, that he's not always offering, offering us healing in the moment. Right. But that he is promising us his presence, right? Yes. We were at Super yeah. Summer this week with the students, and there was this worship song. I don't remember the name of it, but one of the lyrics was, I want the healer more than the healing, right? And that's what God offers, his presence in it. Sometimes will he heal us? Heal us? Yes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes will it be quick? Yes, but it won't always. Yeah. But we go to him not just for the healing, but because he is the healer and he can walk with us. And mm -hmm. so... That was a great story you just told about your friend just putting his hand on your hand and yeah. didn't have to say a word, didn't require an ounce of wisdom or good advice, right. which no one needed at the moment anyways, just needed somebody next to him. Yeah. And that's what God offers us, and that's what we can offer yes. each other too. So, yeah. so I guess all that to say maybe when, because not if, but when you're walking with somebody who is grieving, um, don't feel the need to have to have something to say, yeah. I think your presence is more powerful than you mm -hmm. probably know. And perfect because, well, by the time we release this, it'll be over. But tonight, Monday night, is the walking with grief with Anna and Judy. Yeah. Could be good. I know it's going to be recorded. So if that interests you, it'll be on our website eventually. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm sure they'll have good, good thoughts. They will. Hey, one last thing, Doc, as we go. Yep. I know we're almost out of time here. Corey left us with a great challenge. Um, you know, he talked about that story of Hannah and how nothing got in the way of her delighting in God, even through her barrenness and through all the hardships. And so his challenge to us out of Psalm 18, and you said we kind of got a bonus sermon there in 1 Samuel, we kind of did. But I feel like the bow we kind of put on it was what is keeping us from delighting in God the way he delights in us? That's where I thought he was kind of taking us. And he kind of said it there at the end too. So mm. maybe that's our challenge to everyone listening and to you and I too, Doc, is yeah. what is keeping me from truly delighting in God? Is it something that I have put between us? Is it something I need to get right with him about? Is it a misunderstanding or a false narrative? Yeah. Um, is it a lie that I've allowed the enemy to speak to me about? So yeah, all those good, good questions good opportunity to open our heart to the Lord and say, what is it that I need to hear? Yeah. What is it that I, I'm not getting right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's something that we can both search in solitude with him mm -hmm. and also in our communities, you know, yeah. and people we meet with yeah. and that close circle that we trust. Um, those are things that we can both work through alone and with them. So mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the takeaway this week. Yeah. Well, yeah. this was, this was really good. Doc, you are a great sub for Garen. In fact, he may not have a job when he gets back because we, it just uh, may become the, the doc radio show. No, so. uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> we can't afford you. Can't afford to bring you out of retirement. Doc, thank you so much for being with us. Um, thank you to Corey. Corey, if you listen to this, we're so appreciate having you at 12 to come teach us from time to time your wisdom and your knowledge of God's word is just so useful. So we're grateful to you. We should be back normal uh, next week. 
Um, actually, no. We have Mr. Hubner on with us next week because oh. Garen will still be out. So Jason next week and then Garen the week after. So um, still going through the Psalms, still excited to be doing this in these last few weeks of summer. So Doc, thank you for being with us. Listeners, thank you for being with us. Hope it was useful to you all. And uh, we'll see you next week.